Welcome back to Podside, everyone. Uh, this is, of course, Carlo, and we are back. We're back, baby, for another episode of Claw of the Conciliator, chapters 21 through 25, or XXI to XXVI. Um, I am joined here by the usual crew. Hello. Are you all part of my thiasis? <laughs> <laughs> Will you be here for the play? Yes. Diasis, my asses. <laughs> yeah. Diasis yeah. sounds like something that your podiatrist takes care of. <laughs> <laughs> if your thiasis is expressed uh, for more than eight hours, you are now dead. Um, <sighs> uh, Pete, I see that you're going to be the opening act. We, we needed some stand up. <laughs> Take my thiasis, please. Well, you know, <laughs> before the episode started, you did the best imitation of Augustus St. Cloud I have ever heard, dude. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Very well then. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite character uh, in Venture Brothers also has a great voice, and I've done his voice once or twice uh, in in passing. It's uh, Mister Monday, who's uh, oh. in in prison with the, monarch. the calendar guy. Yeah, the calendar guy, Mister Monday. Goes, I want to be president of calendars. It's positively <laughs> Monday-licious. Um, he's by far my favorite. Uh, my favorite. Pit, he does. He does have a very nice voice. I, I thought you were going to go for you know, Doctor Byron Orpheus. Oh it's no, all he's quite humdrum, he, darling. He's iconic, though. Certainly, yeah. Or uh, so, uh, so, Teddy so, Ruxpin. Go ahead. Oh. Uh, I, I was just going to say, Carlo, you asked if we were going to be here for the play, and I was going to answer yes, but I don't know that I will understand what the fuck <laughs> is going on in the play. This uh, sequence of chapters made me realize that uh, my my chops at uh, reading uh, dramatic presentations uh, have decayed somewhat. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was a struggle. I got to admit. <laughs> Oh, you didn't have any analysis. Oh, for shame, sir. For shame. No, I don't care. Um, <laughs> I mean, and the thing is, it's it's um, it's it's difficult, isn't it? Uh, you know what? Let me put a pin in that. We'll come back to the the play itself. Um, so, uh, you know, let's go back and uh, do our usual, which is previously on the claw of the conciliator. Ching ching. Um, we had Severian and Jonas, uh, be sort of herded towards the, uh, what becomes the house absolutes antechamber where they found that, what is it? Um, people have been there for a long time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so we get some, um, some f fables from out of the Brown book that Severian uh, took from Thecla's uh, cell before he left, uh, and he uh, tells a, a very, um, very convoluted story that seems to be a mishmash of Greek myth, perhaps Civil War era American history, uh, perhaps a um, battle amongst the stars that is even further buried underneath all the other strands of that uh, mythology. Uh, Jonas wakes up feels a little worse even though he's healed from some wounds he received and he decides that he's going to go ha have himself beamed up and he does <laughs> and we have severian alone once again 
Uh, he in the in the meantime is able to figure out uh, that his sword was taken from him, and he finds it. Uh, he also finds um, Hathor's uh, uh, what was it colleague, perhaps partner. Uh, you know, one of the people that was with Hathor back in the day, hiding in a closet. Uh, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to rat you out, but I'll, I'll be back to interview you and ask you questions. And he forgets that um, he got there somehow. So he, he tunneled back out. Uh, but what, by the time he comes back and uh, I believe that's where we left it. Um, he, he's, he's actually he finds the uh, the area that is depicted in the painting uh which they called uh jokingly or perhaps sincerely the green room <laughs> and that's where we continue uh i don't think we've mentioned it on the podcast um but every time we talk about jonas and this maybe that was the last time we'll talk about jonas i don't know uh i think about uh the, the the Weezer song, his name is Jonas. <laughs> uh, anyway, yes. anyway, I miss yeah. that guy. I miss that guy. Jonas was a voice of reason. Mm. I still don't understand what exactly. I mean, I, I have my theory theories as to why. <laughs> Uh, it's all some, some strange. I believe the I believe the players are, are are getting ready for their play, sir. Is that Jonas's song playing? He's coming down. I actually queued up the song to get ready for this episode on the chance that it would come up again. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Um. So, uh, what was I going to say? Wow, I did a number on you. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you derailed me, man. So the first... Yes. Well, well, let's start with the first thing that happens in this series of chapters, which is uh, Severian has a kind of long and discursive conversation with a weird guy called <laughs> uh, the Androgyne. Um, mm-hmm. Androgyny? Androgyne? I, I guess. Yeah, the Androgyne. Uh, yeah. um, uh, who, who we then discover is uh, the Autark, uh, mm-hmm. apparently, and who, who asks who him... Is also... Who is also the same person the that brothel he saw keeper. in House Asher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and uh, after this discussion, uh, which 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 makes sense actually, um, on a logistical level. Uh, although I, you know I, I because the autark it's mentioned has his uh, his like uh, concubines like uh, Thecla and Thea and so on. Um, but then he also has the lookalikes of the concubines yeah. and yeah, Severian, we know the what? The Kybits. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, and then we know that Severian uh, had, had an encounter with one of these lookalikes. So what it seems to be is that the Autark has uh Sigma uh, hustle grind set uh, always, you know, never stop the grind. He might be the autark. <laughs> that doesn't mean he doesn't have a side hustle uh, running a brothel. Um, but but the really puzzling thing to me, uh, the really intriguing thing is that the last thing he says is, you know, the autark, uh, what you should do is continue on to Thrax. Uh, I, I certainly I, I want to see Thrax. 
the city of it's it's not the city of doors. It's like the city of no window. <laughs> the city of windowless rooms. The city That's of windowless it, yeah. rooms. I get a, one a tattoo and it totally changes your worldview on the spot. A different interior decorator than than the Lady of Pain uses, um, but <laughs> but you know similar similar in in, in approach. It's a, it's a, it's his brother, uh, the rival that uh, lives across the river. <laughs> doors? Nobody needs doors. Windows? None of them. Um, Where we're going, we won't need doors. <laughs> what? When? What, well, where we're going, we know our, our rooms won't need windows to see. There we go. Closing the loop. Um, so uh, he asks Severian to go to Thrax, and he says the Autark may join you in the north. If he does. Seek him out uh, and figure out a way to kill him. Um, and that's what makes Severian realize that he's the Autark, is that he's like, you have to kill the Autark, by which I mean me. <laughs> or he implies that. Uh, that was very interesting. Yeah. That was a shocking development to me. Although, yeah, I, I say shocking. I, I did not see it's that. Like the, it's, it's like the 25th shocking development. So it wasn't that shocking, I was saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's also, I, I feel like it's, probably pretty easy to miss if you're not like maybe reading a little close uh like closely because um it's not like there's not a big like dun 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 like yes sit as i the autark kind of moment like it's kind of just like uh severian like uh you know the the little thecla in his head saying this is the autark you know what i mean like it's really kind of almost tossed off uh for for what should be a very auspicious meeting mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and and he meets him in like this weird secret room that is in the second house. Right? <laughs> he meets him in the mystery spot. <laughs> yes, yes. Like where, he found. I guess Father he found Inere the secret door. Has, has has created a hill where where bowling balls may roll uphill. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's yeah, it's all mirrors and forced perspective. So, isn't uh, this wait, bridge that, shaky? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> So, oh, before we, bef I'm imagining Father Inire being, uh, being like, behold, I have detached my thumb from my hand. <laughs> Look, if you cross your what eyes, you will see a hot dog floating between your fingers. <laughs> what is this in? What is this in this bowl? Eyeballs? No, don't open your eyes. Don't open them. Autark, whose every word is as sweet as honey. What is this behind your ear? <laughs> it is an oracle. Why it's a full cre it's a Chrysos <laughs> with your face stamped on it. <laughs> or is it <laughs> How how is it possible that this episode is so funny? <laughs> it, it may it may only be funny to us. Uh that <laughs> I, I don't I don't care about the audience. I, let, <laughs> yeah, let's sorry, make that audience. This is for us. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so if you're listening and if you've paid to see to listen to this, fuck you guys, okay? <laughs> oh damn. Thanks, Pete. Yeah, yeah no problem. <laughs> Fifty seven Patreon subscribers just like lost. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. It's like that All Venture right, well. Brothers episode with a comic book where the price keeps shooting down. It's, it's like the Patreon numbers in the corner going, yes. <laughs> line go down, apparently. <laughs> God damn it. All right. Oh, uh, I, before we continue, because I, I let's not forget that um, while he's speaking to the Androgyne slash Autark, 
Uh, he tells him to bring him a book that is as large as Severian is. And Severian <laughs> is already as a pretty big guy, a tall guy. Anyway. I loved that. I love that. He's just he's just casually like in the closet. There was one giant book as big as me. <laughs> bring me that book. <laughs> yeah. and, and, I like, the, and I was like. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, picture in your head the image of somebody carrying a giant book as big as they are, and it's pretty funny. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. and it, it's Severian who is often mistaken uh, to be like, oh, are you of um, exalted blood? So, you know, he's, he's supposed to be tall. Mm. So, like, imagine like a book that is, is like not 510. <laughs> yeah. Well, a little larger than 510. Not only that, but like Severian's carrying it kind of like a little bit like off because it's like he doesn't want to put his head against it because it like it looks like a corpse or something like that like he said, he said that he saw he thought he saw like a man in the in the whorls of the leather or whatever, <laughs> uh you know binding the book and you're like hmm yeah <laughs> well yeah given that his scabbard is ma- is man skin uh yeah that that wouldn't be too far off the mark exactly uh so and and let's not forget that when they finally open it it's just basically it's it's a book that is two mirrors mm. like the pages aren't pages they're mirrors and he sees what is it um so uh he he says um it, it, i was blinded almost the tetrahedron i have been on a what's that the tetrahedron no no the uh the book the oh, book itself was okay. I'm sorry. I thought we were talking hologram. I apologize. Oh, oh gotcha. Okay, I was blinded almost as I have been on dark, dark nights by a discharge of lightning. The inner pages seemed of pure silver, beaten and po- polished, that caught every wisp of illumination in the room and flung it back, amplified a hundred times. They're mirrors, I said, and in saying it, realized that they were not, but those things for which we have no word but mirrors. Those things that less than a watch before had returned Jonas to the stars. But how can they have power when they do not face each other? And so, you know, the Autark tells him that the book is closed, so therefore the pages have been, you know, facing each other for quite some time, uh, which I loved. But also then uh, he looks and a, a form starts shaping itself in the shining air above the open pages. It was neither a woman nor a butterfly, but it partook of both. And just as we know, when we look at the painted figure of a mountain in the background of some picture that is in reality as huge as an island, so I knew that the thing only from far off, its wings beat, I think, against the proton winds of space, and all Earth might have been emote, disturbed by their motion. So, gigantic, even more gigantic than the, than the woman he saw underwater. Hmm. Can I point out how... how uh particular severian is about the questions he asks like he he's being shown a gigantic magic book that (laughs) uh gives him a glimpse of an enormous uh butterfly woman flying in space and his question is hold on a second uh Shouldn't those mirrors be facing each other? <laughs> Not, how, what's up with the teleport mirror or what's up with the giant butterfly lady? None of that. No, no, no. He wants to ask about like electrical engineering questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he, he, it's always a, it's not always an opportunity to learn something new, yeah. uh, Kurt. Uh, he also gets like a, I don't know, like, 
a electromagnetic whammy put on his brain. Mm, it causes yeah. him to sweat blood. Uh, yeah. Oh, yes. right, right, right. Yeah. And leaves an enormous bruise on his head, uh, which, which, which people <laughs> cut, like comment on a bunch of times in, in, in the remaining chapters that, that we did. It's very strange. There's like a, this was, it, it's for, you know, on a stylistic level for such a big event, like meeting the autark, uh you know seeing all this weird shit uh you know all these like revelations about about the science and technology that's there it's a very understated section like chris mentioned it would be easy to kind of overlook the 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 import of it just because it's not it's just kind of like breezes through it's it's only i, I don't know it's it's not even like like a full chapter Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like, oh yeah, here's a here's a giant magic book. It zaps you. You saw space. You saw you know space gods. Uh, anyway, uh, on to the next thing. Well, I mean, it it the chapter itself is sort of almost a metaphor for what what the setting is, right? It's off like in an alcove, like a tiny little <laughs> a tiny little alcove in the in the book itself that you you sort of get you you have to pass through to get to the other side. I'm mm-hmm. I'm just gonna say the word stigmata. Oh, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. And sure. like you know, the forehead where maybe a thorn, thorn, a crown of thorns might be placed. Yeah, and and like a big part of the whole play thingy, though I may have this out of order, but a big part of the play thingy was that the autark is the messiah. Hmm. Hmm. Well, he's he's definitely yeah, like like the the autark who is named autark in there. Is definitely uh, viewed as like a, a deific figure. Yeah, mm, that's but, better put. Yeah, might not be the Arthark that we're thinking of, though. Right, right. Well, I mean, I, I do believe that the there is definitely some time confusion uh, mm. happening throughout here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh yeah, no, I, I mean, followed uh, everything perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> so I do want to point out uh, before we we pass on to the next uh, chapter, um, there is an interesting uh, vision that uh, like Severian has. Right, um, he he meet he he comes across the Vatic Fountain, mm, yeah. um, and uh, and so it says, uh, "I stumbled toward the fountain, which refreshed me with windblown spray." I was surrounded by a pavement of serpentine. For a time, I stood there, seeking to read my fortune and the dancing shapes. And at last, I fumbled in my saber tash for an offering. The Praetorians had taken all my money. But while I felt among the few possessions I yet carried there, a flannel, the fragment of whetstone, a flask of oil for Terminus Est, a comb, and the brown book for myself, I spied a coin wedged between the green blocks at my feet. After only a little effort, I was able to draw it out. A single azimai, worn so thin that hardly a trace of the imprint remained. With a whispered wish, I threw it into the very center of the fountain. A jet caught it there and tossed it skyward so that it flashed for a moment before it fell. I began to read the symbols the water made against the sun. A sword, that seemed clear enough. I could continue as a torturer. A rose, then, and beneath it a river. I could climb... I would climb Guile as I planned, since that was the road to Thrax. Now angry waves, becoming soon a long, sullen swell. The sea, perhaps, but no one could reach the sea, I thought, by climbing toward the source of the river. Uh, There's a couple other things there, but I do want to point out 
that uh, we have heard of these symbols already. Oh, above the uh, in the necropolis, right? Yes, in the in oh. the tomb that that's. I mean, the the rose. Uh, we don't see the ship, but do we we do see the fountain within a fountain. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, it, I don't see that there's anything here regarding a ship, but eh? <laughs> a ship volant. Well, I like, I like how a uh, Severian sees all these visions, uh, and, and is like, you know, it, you know, since, since I've been Autark, I've, I've asked all my soothsayers and, and also the servants, what they think of the fountain. And they tell me that it's all very confusing. And the soothsayers give me conflicting answers. I don't know. It seems pretty straightforward to me. <laughs> yeah, but i'm built different. Sword, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah there you go but i'm different oh I, I also like that like you know he's seeing these things and he's like oh, oh look at these symbols and then he starts seeing symbols and he's like eh oh, I, I don't think these are matter anymore like, <laughs> <laughs> i'm bored as, uh, as another monarch once said <laughs> that would be hilarious he's just Prophet, could you please get on with it? Um, Guards, right. castrate him. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. So then uh, he is led t- finally to the garden where he, uh, he he's, hears a familiar quick, quick, quick sound. And he recognizes it. But we don't, we're not necessarily clued in unless we've been paying attention before of what that means because Severian doesn't tell us until he runs up against none other than Dr. Talos mm. once again, clipping the uh, heads off of flowers with his cane mm. going quick, quick, quick. <laughs> oh, I didn't catch that. That makes sense. Uh, and then like Talos immediately is like, Oh, I, 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 owe, I think I owe you money. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny, man. I, I <laughs> it's very. Th- this whole sequence was very confusing. The the kind of reunion, um, because it it's it basically skips over the actual reunion, mm-hmm. and, like immediately to the next day, and then kind of parcels out what what happened when they actually were reunited. Like you don't find out Dorcas's reaction uh, or Doctor Talos's reaction until like. Uh, like basically, you know, the the next chapter when it tells you after they've already happened in retrospect, uh, and that's it. Also, finally tells you how they got separated. the The answer of which is uh, he was with Baldanders, and Baldanders was like, uh, "Where's Doctor Talos? I don't care about this other guy." And basically, just wandered <laughs> off. That seems to be the answer. So it wasn't any particular thing. It's it's just he, nothing, he says nothing personal. Yeah, he says Dr. Talos is the only one who's real to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you are not, so I left. <laughs> yeah. And Severian's kind of like, yeah, I can't blame him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dr. Bal- Baldander sounds like he has a, a job cut out at him uh, for, uh, over at Google or something. <laughs> <laughs> only me and the AI are real. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do want to point out that uh, when he does meet reunite with dorcas she has jesus christ this is like the also like the the collection of chapters with dreams and portents and omens Mm. uh where she has a a dream that she's walking the streets of shops uh she's happy or at least content she has money to spend and a long list of things she wants to buy uh and then basically it it 
the dream morphs and uh but gradually as i go from shop to shop i grow aware that everything who sees i'm sorry that everyone who sees me hates me and holds me in contempt and i'm aware that it is because they believe me to be an unclean spirit who has wrapped itself in a woman's body they see in the woman's body they see at last i enter a tiny shop conducted by an old man and an old woman she sits making lace while he spreads their wares on the counter for me. I hear the sound of her thread makes behind me as it is pulled through the work. Uh, Severian asks, what is it that you came to buy? Tiny clothes. Dorcas <laughs> held her small white hands a half span apart. Doll's clothing, perhaps. I particularly remember little shirts of fine wool. At last I chose one and hand, uh, and hand the old man money, but it is not money at all, only a lump of filth. So uh, he he ends with the lump of filth to sort of shift your attention away from tiny clothes. Mm. Uh, Dorcas had a baby. Yeah. It does seem that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I also like how his reaction is basically like, Oh no no no! You're you're not you're not a you know an evil phantom in in a body. You're like a regular, you know, it's, it's just like a regular <laughs> phantom. It, it, like it, it's it, it's it, it's it's funny uh, again. Severian's like, I I don't know. He it's it's very like deadpan. His reaction to everything is very deadpan. Even mm-hmm. stuff that no no some of it is because like granted you know granted this is the world that he inhabits, but everything does really seem quite shocking. Like. Dorcas seems to be a dead woman who returned from a lake uh, <laughs> of, you know, who ha- having been down there for a long time. And Severians does seem aware of this. And he's like, no, 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 this is very normal. This happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. Don't, it, it, you know, you shouldn't feel bad about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and yeah, she and she's like, she also relates a, a second dream where she remembers being on a boat. Uh, be, being pushed along by an, an older man, and she remembers like falling off the boat and and essentially drowning. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. and yeah, and and, and Severin's like, eh, or Severin, Sever, Severian is also kind of just like, well, no, that was the boat we were on. Don't you remember? <laughs> like, it's like clearly that was not the boat. <laughs> like, <laughs> Severian, you're not listening. <laughs> you know, I think we spent enough time talking about this guy over the months that if we decide we want to call him Severin as like a, a, a friendly nickname, we're allowed. Okay. <laughs> Good old hey, Sev. Hey, he's the yeah, autarch. You know, sh- show some respect. Audi yeah. baby. <laughs> <laughs> so can we, can we get to the, the weirdest part of these chapters, which is that like after this reunion, uh, Severin just Severian just goes off and like rapes uh, Jolenta, or maybe not rapes, but like has sex with her in a boat. Like it, it, it's it's really weird and out of character, and I have no like explanation for it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely very um, it's coerced for sure. Yeah, uh, it, I would call it I would call it rape easily. Okay. Um, uh i didn't but there, now i do since somebody used the magic word and i'm like fuck <laughs> yeah i yeah, thought about this seal. i thought about Go this ahead. a bit when it was going on um so so there's two levels on which i think to analyze it one is on the level of consent which is questionable at best um i i, I think that's pretty unambiguous from an objective 
standpoint. Um, the other level, I think, is is kind of what it's attempting to do in the story, um, which I, I think is it's it's happening in the context of uh, Jolenta basically b- b- bragging about being like, well, I, you know, every everyone desires me all the time uh, now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like men want me, women want me who've never wanted women before. Um, and just fear me. Y- yes. Fish fear, <laughs> fish fear me. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I mean, this is, this is, uh, this isn't uh, a John Langan story. So I don't know why we're, why we're bringing that up. Um, but, uh, <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's clearly meant to be ambiguous even within the story. Because I, I think uh, Severian even says something like, uh, "like I, I don't think she ever fully gave herself willingly to 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 anyone." It's, mm. but I don't think it's supposed to be understood as like violent rape. I think mm. it is supposed to be understood as like someone being overcome with their passion in a way that is meant to be questionable, but is probably not to be as damning to the character of Severian as we now read it to be, Mm -hmm. um, is, is my impression. Or, I mean, I mean, I could, I could be mistaken about, about what, what the intent of it, uh, of it is too, but it's certainly not, it's, it's not written as something terrifying, Mm-hmm. Which you can certainly find considerable fault with in in terms of of again like what that means for the character and what you're supposed to take away from it, uh, but but I don't think it's I don't think it's intended to be understood in the way that we are are understanding it and arguably it should be be understood if that makes right. sense. Well, yeah, and, and I think you're right because I think that the sto- the the text s- somewhat. Um, gets Severian off the hook. Um, you know, attempts to. Uh, not that it's successful, but like because it's it, it does. E- even though she, you know, oh, everybody wants me. That's how she, you know, is was talking to C- Severian about. She's not wrong. <laughs> like, there's, you know, uh, they're talking about how uh, Baldanders had a like, you know, throw men in the river just to get them away from her and things like that. And like everybody, like you know, even even uh, poor Jonas, uh, something awoke his robot. You know, uh, yeah. You know, sens- sens- uh, sensuality in her. Um, so I-, I do think there's kind of like a little bit of like, oh, she's just so beautiful that no man can be you know controlled around her. Ugh. Yeah, it- it's gross. And but I do. Yeah, I, I think. I think you're right, Kurt, that like that's kind of supposed to be like, well, you know, what's what was he supposed to do? Like, well, I mean, I also think so. And this is where um, I sort of fall on the on the side that Jolenta, when we first meet her, is sort of like a skinny waitress with sort of scraggly blondish hair, you know, dirty blonde hair and somehow bald Anders and Dr. Talos have converted her. Um, mm. We could probably surmise now that we know the tech, the tech level here, uh, they've probably augmented her through some sort of, you know, selective surgery, plastic surgery, and so on and so forth. So that she is, um, she's ex- specifically desire, you know, mm-hmm. or, or the, the focus of desire, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, in a book that loves to talk about, you know, the symbol being the thing itself uh, throughout, uh, to a certain extent, she's 
this sounds really bad, but Severian is almost fulfilling the purpose Jolenta has. And that's, ooh. Ooh, that doesn't sound too good either. Does it? I yeah. think you could talk about it without endorsing it. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but I'm just saying that, that even trying to parse it out, like on that sort of like this, she's a symbol of, of desire or what human desire is. Yeah. Uh, so much. So that it's almost yes. like a monkey's paw curse, right? Yeah, I I I view it in the context of like th- this is some this is a cliche that crops up in in like older like sword and sorcery stories a lot where there will be like the evil the evil sorceress who enchants everyone who comes across her and you know the 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 barbarian hero will come across her and and they have kind of like a cat and mouse game and then quote unquote like he takes her mm-hmm. and and it it is in the context of the story pre- depicted as as like aggressive but but also typically the the character immediately pivots to being like welcoming uh of mm-hmm. their a- a- advances in a in a weird in a weird way without it really becoming like like consensual um mm-hmm. and and it's a really i think uncomfortable cliche that that it it still crops up occasionally in sci-fi and, and, and fantasy. And I, I get what it's, I think attempting to, to accomplish. Like, I I think it's, it's almost like when you said the, the uncomfortable fact is like, that's almost her purpose. I, I think that's, that's kind of the way that the story is, is written is like, well, as soon as they are having sex, uh, it's, it's, you know, well now it's consensual. Cause that's, that's just, you know, that's what she's there for uh, mm-hmm. effectively. And it is, it, it it's, is, yeah, it is a like really awkward Omega. thing to, to engage with and, and very distasteful in the context of, of characters in a, in a way that it's probably not, not meant to be. So, mm-hmm. so one other thing that, that, uh, that comes to mind when we're talking about this is future Severian who is writing this book, right? Writing, uh, writing down. Why did he include this? And and why did he include it in the way that he's including it here, too? I, I I don't have an answer to that. I just it's just a weird, a very strange admission to have, right? Mm. Um because if if you are if we are sort of coming from a place that this is almost uh, maybe not almost, but but there is a certain level of hagiography hey, of mm-hmm. him letting himself off the hook. Um, I'm you know, why did he include this? So I, 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 I think I, the betrayal. Oh, sorry, Pete, go ahead. I hear you talking. Well, I, I, uh, I hear you talking, but you can't come in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, one of the things I think we're running into is that um, our, our friend, and I know you guys know this, but I just want to make it explicit is that, uh, Gene is a is a rider of the new wave and mm. the the attitude a little um a little rape that doesn't turn out to be rape is a very commonly used yes. theme. Yes, Tra- true. Yeah. So mm. I mean like one of one of uh, like if you if you give me a list of my top 100 books, Jack of Shadows is probably on there. And there's 20 pages on that that I feel like should be burned. Because mm-hmm. they, there is um, 
there, I mean, there, there's a there's a, a repeated rape sequence where she gets into it, mm. and like that kind of of shit is is prevalent in the genre. And I mean, let's let's be real, specifically by the guys writing. I mean, mm-hmm. Ursula Le Guin mm-hmm. never pulls his shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, but what's what's interesting is that th- this is written in kind of a a conf- as a kind of confession, but that's not what he's confessing to. What he's yes. confessing to is is betraying Dorcas by sleeping with someone else. Mm-hmm. Right. That's true. That's true. And and so I I think that yeah, it's it's a that I think is what you're meant to to, to take away uh, from it, which is which is troublesome mm-hmm. yeah and, and she it's interesting because she like immediately knows it too like it's not like he like attempts to like hide it like they come back and she's immediately in tears like it's uh yeah i, I just don't i don't know unless we're you know something will be revealed later on I, i'm just not sure what we're supposed to take how, how does this cast i mean obviously it casts severian in a much different light um in, you know much more negative light at least to, to our to our eyes, um, but like you, you know, within the text, what is it? What's it doing for him, and, or, or to him, or and I just I, I can't put my finger on it. I, I, I think I, we. I do, oh, go ahead. I was just saying, I think we can all co- concede right now that like it's been building for a while that like uh, I, I'm not as as enraptured with this character as I was, you know, ten chapters ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, so let me let me um, let me just ask or, or, or say this. So, to a certain extent, I, I I can understand that, right? But at the same time, I have um, I've seen reactions or heard reactions from people that immediately, when they find out that Severian's a torturer, that he doesn't really think too much about you know causing people pain, killing people. You know, outside of even his job, um, that is almost, uh, uh, you know, that's almost too far for for a lot of people. Um, And yet we sort of understand, as we understand it, as we go along, like there are mitigating factors. You know, this is the life he he was sort of cast into. He didn't really choose it, uh, you know, so on and so forth. This is one of the few times that uh, that we get a direct action that Severian makes and he makes clear to let us know that it is an action he is taking, you know, in many cases, like remember the, the, the scene where he's the, the Pell test tells him, Oh yeah. Um, show, show my, uh, show my soldier, uh, what you can do. And he's like, yeah, I pinched the nerve that caused, you know, crushed the nerve that causes seizures. And you're like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Um, but but we sort of accept that, right? And mm-hmm. he sort of ex- we we sort of accept that because he accepts that. That's part of his almost his nature, mm-hmm. right? But here, and I think Kurt's onto something here. He's showing us that he took an action directly. Mm-hmm. We are noticing one action when, in fact, he is really fixated on another, mm-hmm. which is not that he. Um, that he raped Jolenta, it's that he betrayed Dorcas. But we are definitely uneasy with the first part of see, you know, him raping somebody. See, here's here's the thing: is this is these are all characters in a story, 
right? It doesn't matter if if someone rapes someone else. It's a story. And they're like nobody actually got got raped. What is what is troublesome is not the existence of of rape in the story, but but the the fact that it's it's an action that we understand as as rape that the story. D- does not and not 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 with intentionality like like the way that severian views torture is very much meant to be it, it's meant to reflect upon the character as like he's a torturer his job is to torture people it doesn't seem to bother him he he kind of agonizes over it but he agonizes it over and in, in, he, he agonizes over it in the sense of like it being rude almost mm. or like oh like i didn't do it the right way you know i didn't torture them the you know the, the the right way how 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 rude and clumsy of me um and that that's gene wolf doing something with with intentionality and and it, it again it, it it doesn't matter that you know people are being tortured it's it's all it's all make-believe the thing that's distasteful and that we're struggling with is that we see this as as rape and yet it is it is unaddressed or or uh not not placed with intention within the story because it it seems clear that that's not how the author understood it and so in a story that is that is so careful to frame things in a particular way we are having a a different reaction than probably the one that was that 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 was intended and it opens up questions that the text is not the text is not prepared to grapple with in the way that it is prepared to grapple with the fact that severian is a torturer basically mm-hmm. yeah that's fair yeah yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree that this is all, you know, these are all fictional characters. You know, that's that's not necessarily my quibble. But yes, I do believe that you're correct that the the text does not seem to address. Uh, yeah. It like, doesn't give any signal to me um, that that it is even addressing that or, or, or stopping to, you know, sort of like point out that I'm not expecting like, you know, Severian turning to the camera and saying, yes, this is bad. <laughs> But yeah. there, there isn't any. <laughs> like, I mean, Severian nothing. would. That is the sort of thing that Severian would it is, do. <laughs> it is sort of funny. Yeah. If, that it, if is, it were, yes. yeah. If the story were aware of what it was depicting, I think it may well do something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, wow. given that we 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 went ahead and um, put our hands on the elephant in the room and mm. tried to describe it as best we can, <laughs> ha- mm. having having done that, can we talk about how there's a there's a pretty funny joke, uh, it, you know, like a few paragraphs later, where where it's like Jolenta would have helped with building the stage, but her nipples were so big that they would have gotten pinched between <laughs> between a couple of two by fours, or, or she would have gotten paint all over her 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 enormous hips. It's like. It's it's very strange, but it is it, it is like like a funny aside. I have to say. Yeah. I mean, it, it also serious it also. Apart. I mean, it also brings to to mind like wh- how exactly was Jolenta um, augmented? Yeah. Yes, augmented. <laughs> and, so, and I'm like thinking, is she like the what is it the 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 something Venus, the one that's like the the stone, the one that they found yes. like ancient caves and what oh yeah well you know and that was kind of how i was picturing her because but he, he mentions how like her calves are like soup like thin but then like above her knee it's like plump like roundness and i'm like okay so she must be like you know on pins and then like the rest is just like you know that she's big, like a rob life well, yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly it says yeah, she's, she, she's she like she's like limping everywhere like like she literally yeah. like, like can't can't her walk thighs chafe. yeah 
Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She she makes the comment uh, that like, oh, she she just much prefers it where she can like sit somewhere where her she can spread her legs. <laughs> like, like, come on. <laughs> like, uh, oh, anyway, yeah. Oh, I, I I have to add that I just remembered this, which which is it, there there is another case where the book does call attention to and handles the presence of uh, sexual violence in the text, and that's when. Uh, describing uh, Master um, uh, is it uh, uh, Palemon? Wait, yeah. What the heck is no, his name? No, uh, no, no uh, Gurlos. Master Gurlos. Yes, yeah. So, oh. so well, it is. You're, it, you're talking about the the chapter where he shows him like the 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 jar of Viagra that he's got. Yes. Yeah. 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 Where where he talks about you know like basically like some some prisoners we rape uh, essentially as as punishment. So clearly clearly it's not something it's not something that. The, that the book is unable to grapple with it just mm. it just didn't in this case mm-hmm. anyway yeah. S- yeah. sorry to yeah. to 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 go back to the well once again no, uh, no, the no, well no. of I mean, you, the you, well you... of 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 discomfort and uncomfortable conversations yeah <laughs> and, and, and i i think you know well first of all i think it's important for us to chew through that kind of that scene because it is uh, you know, it, it sticks out like a sore thumb compared to the <laughs> which rest of the- one doesn't belong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, but like, and you know, it's and uh, you you know, it, it, to to use the buzzword, it, it's important to discuss like you know problematic uh, things and like problematic in like the academic sense of like you know what is this saying about the rest of the text? Not so much as like oh, is is this you know woke or non woke type thing? But like. Um, so, uh, you know, I, 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 it's, it's, it's just, I, I think that the, the thing that I don't know, I, I said this before, but I'll repeat myself. It, the thing that comes back that I come back to is like, I, you know, I, I just don't know what it's doing. Like it doesn't even necessarily have to condemn it, although obviously it should, but like, I, you know, if it's doing something for the character, I, you know, trying to shade the character in a new light, then yeah, fine. That's, but like, it's, I, it just seems, it just comes out of nowhere anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, so, so how about that play? To the play, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Hey, Lincoln, stay you, away from the projectors. <laughs> yeah. The play is the thing. Yes, solar I power did, projectors. I did, I did, that. Yeah, I did love the fact that they were painting their own solar panels for the mm. for the holographic projectors. <laughs> but they also had to like do matte painting so that they could project onto something and give it more depth. Yeah, that was. <laughs> it's so great. I love it. Very good touch. So I found the play really hard to follow. Um, mm-hmm. I I basically started skimming it after a while. I read the first few, few few pages closely, and I was like, honestly, I feel like I'm not I'm not in the right uh, headspace to really follow this closely. Like I would need to sit down and and I I didn't have enough time to uh, to to make my way through it with the the speed with which we would I would need to really uh, interpret it. So. There were a few things that I took away from it, but I would love to hear uh, if if any of you really were able to sit there and digest it and really get something uh, for, for, from this, because I, I was left somewhat uh, agog. So I'll, I'll open with um, the name of the play, which is uh, Dr. Talos's play, Eschatology and Genesis. Hmm. Hmm, I wonder what the first chapter of Shadow of the Torture is. Mm-hmm. It's an I mean obviously it's the uh, the opposite way, right? It's mm-hmm. resurrection and death. Yeah. But obviously the 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 whole purpose of this is that I I I just realized like I feel like I'm a I'm a dummy because I just realized that the reason that Gabriel is here 
is that not only is he the the messenger, but he's also the guy who blows the trumpet at the end, right? So he's got to be there at the end, and <laughs> like, perhaps even like Gonzo, much like Gonzo, and much <laughs> like Gonzo, yes. <laughs> perhaps he doesn't like chickens quite as much as Gonzo. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's a bunch of biblical stuff in, in this. Uh, Nod is the land that Cain uh, mm-hmm. is, is 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 exiled Eden, to. Yes, east of Eden. Yes. <laughs> mm. uh, um, so Meskia, Miskiani, and Jai. Uh, I would, I, I forget exactly. I'm, I'm going to guess that these are sort of uh, Greek translations of certain names, but I mean, it's Adam, Eve, and Lilith, right? Or yeah. something to that effect or close oh, enough. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Uh, but also within the context of uh, what we've read, what I could take away is that Jahi is one of the brides of Abaya. It's one of the, uh, the, 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 mm-hmm. the large women. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and then Nod is weirdly um, a giant uh, that lives east of Eden, but he's also weirdly Baldanders, mm-hmm. uh, played by Baldanders. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's he's also sort of like a, a Nephilim, right? Because that's the, the first lines is, uh, one of the first lines is Gabriel going, Omniscience, defend your servant as Nod approaches. And he says, uh, Nod responds by saying, do you serve him? So do we Nephilim. We, do, we will not harm you then unless he suggests it. So, uh, again, we're, we're, we're getting into this idea of how, um, uh, like, even in the science that would have raised the tent of the pelerines up like a, like a hot air balloon mm. uh, is the pattern of the pan creator. You know, is, he exists in that as well. Um, so both, the, you know, the giants, the the Nephilim who are supposed to be um, fallen angels that have just you know, decided to screw women on Earth. <laughs> Did you know that, Chris, by the way? <laughs> I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> I, what, that that's what they are? The, the Nephilim, yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm not familiar with that. I believe well, that the Nephilim are, are the children of uh, fallen angels that procreated. With, Correct. With uh, yeah, okay, humans. you might be right. Yes. Yeah. Is this from Milton? Is it? It does pop up in in Milton a little bit, I think, but it's primarily f- uh, f- from the book of uh, Enoch, which is Enoch. which is one of uh, it's probably the most the most popular uh, book of the uh, apocrypha. Oh, okay. Um, and it has all the weird. It, it's 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 all the weird vampire the masquerade shit basically it's from, it's from <laughs> yes, the book of yes. Enoch uh, essentially. I mean uh, the 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 that movie um, the Aronofsky uh, movie uh, Noah uh, takes lots of points from that you know sort of like the. Book oh. of Enoch. I would like to call out that a lot of that is like um, heaven colonialist bullshit. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like angels show up and start doing all that stuff to people. I mean, like we 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 should have absolutely slit their throats. Well, you know, uh, but to, to, uh, Pete, God is on our side. He just doesn't inter. He doesn't really interfere anymore. So, yeah. It's, uh, well, 
I mean, like like a song. You know what? I'm just gonna shut the fuck up because there's no good place I can go with this. <laughs> one, one thing I will say here is, at any point, there are going to be some loud noises because there are fireworks going on outside, and mm. uh, Choose is determined to keep us safe. Like I, he's right next to me, quivering. It's like, do I go ape shit oh. now? No, no. I'll wait a second. So it's coming. Oh, th- Pete, oh. you should have told them they didn't need to do that. I mean, we- <laughs> we'll podcast anyway without the fireworks. <laughs> so, well, you know, um, it's pretty exciting for the people around here. <laughs> so I did get one thing from from the end, which seemed to be that uh, did, did I did I get this correctly? That that Jiha, who appears to be Lilith, I think, uh, is basically becomes the new the new autark. Essentially, did I read that cor- correctly within within this play that like like the old autark is gone and the new one uh, is is kind of pl- placed somewhat yes. perhaps forcefully up, upon the throne? Seemed to be how I how I understood the ending. Let me see. I I forget because honestly, there's a lot. There's so many like there's so many little glimmers that look like something significant and they're arranged in ways that look like patterns mm-hmm. <laughs> and it repeats certain things and certain stuff that we've seen before. And I don't know. It, it I, I honestly like the familiar is obviously Severian and he Severian is playing the part of the familiar of the inquisitor. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see here. Yeah. Then, so the, Oh, Oh, it's uh <laughs> Someone must hold her. Oh, okay. I was I was mistaken. Um the uh no, okay, so so Jahi is is unconscious and the familiar uh g- grabs her and kind of like b- binds her to the throne where the Altark is also imprisoned there. Ba- yeah. Basically. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. And then so- that's where that's where the, the, the play breaks out into real life. Yeah. Yes. Some real, some real uh, experimental theater. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you didn't see this in community theater before. Uh... The audience is just part of the play. <laughs> well, Ball then <laughs> just goes like ape shit. <laughs> like, yeah. So, so one of the things that um, that ha- I think Severian narrates that he he has been seeing like the crowd uh, gather, and there's like ladies that have like the their hair done up. And jewels, and some of the ladies have like these uh, glowing larvae as decorations, and and some dudes wearing masks and uh, and long cloaks. And Baldander is apparently notices them, and he he does basically he he uses the action that he's taking part of in the play, which is basically. Um, to a certain extent, I think you're right, Kurt. There is a little bit of Frankenstein in this mm. uh, play as well, where Baldanders is is suddenly uh, he's the monster. He's he's gotten free, and suddenly he lurches out. Fire bad, <laughs> um, which you know uh, is immediately proved by uh, the 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 several dudes that were wearing capes pulling off their masks and and showing that they have horrific um, fanged maws and and weird pincer teeth and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And one of them fires, <laughs> yeah, fires its energy weapon at him. <laughs> They're aliens, right? Yes. The 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 Hyrudules or Hyrudules, I'm not sure how you pronounce that exactly. Yeah, Attack of the Hyrud. Hy- yeah, interesting. That that's the George Lucas uh, prequel film we never got. <laughs> uh, 
I, when Hyrodules attack. I want to call out uh, two things that were right at the beginning of this, because I don't know if you guys caught this, but but we ourselves in our podcast appeared in the narrative. Oh. Um, so uh, right at the beginning of, of, of chapter XXV, uh, <laughs> Severian says, there were conversations in the audience, and I could hear those as well. One about the play, which discovered in its significances I had never guessed, in which Dr. Talos, I would say, had never intended. <laughs> there you go. Nice. <laughs> well, you know, that's that's old Wolf having a, a little laugh on his own. Hmm. Uh, the, the other conversation I, I like is he goes, uh, and another about some legal case that a speaker with the drawling intonation of an exultant seemed certain the autark was about to judge wrongly, which just made me think of, now, I'm, I'm just a simple country exultant but uh, <laughs> I, 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 I do declare <laughs> there there's a there's an ongoing theory that uh that that um the the armager uh that he meets in in the ar- uh, the, the archive before he sees the picture and the the shit what is his name is it rosha uh and that he he finds in the carriage um that they race uh, before he 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 wipes out and takes the claw with him. Oh God, I forgot about that. <laughs> that was yeah, a while ago. yeah. It's been a while, yeah. Uh, but but it would be funny if it is uh, the same <laughs> the same guy. I'm just a country armager, but I do I do declare that the autark is totally in the fault. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So uh, so Baldender's attacks. The Kakajins, or mm. the Hyrodules, uh, if you will. Mm. Um, and what is it? And so, essentially, Severian gets knocked out. Um, he gets, oh, he gets uh, attacked by a, apparently some sort of psychoactive weapon. Mm. He calls it a, a dream. dream. Yeah, sorry. Dream. Yes, yes, yeah. And so he gets knocked out and then wakes up and everyone's gone. I'm just imagining him like waking up. Why is everyone gone? <laughs> oh, I read that a different way. I read that that the dream was used on ball danders and Severian turned around and and merely um, Dorcas was 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 gone because he was like looking in a different direction. And then he just ran like hell. Uh, was the way that I understood it. That's how I understood okay. it too. And, actually, and oh no, no, you're right. You're made, right. Like you're the right. Hanna Barbera bongo noise, like old Twinkle Toes Severian. I could search for that sound if you want. No, I have already said that I have fled. Yes, yes, you're right. I really like. I really like the 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 imagery of Baldanders just getting like super worked up. There's there's been some foreshadowing about Baldanders where um, when Severian is having his his funny ontological discussion with him about how Doctor Talos is the only one who exists, Mm. uh, and and he (laughs) says something like, you know, for a moment I was terrified at the idea of Baldanders with with like energy and the emotion of anger. Um, and then Dorcas has some interesting stuff to say about like, doesn't it seem to you like Baldanders is is Doctor Talos's like stupid dad essentially, and Doctor Talos <laughs> mm-hmm. is 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 like and and an unruly child, uh, and then Severian has this really interesting comment uh, when, when he sees Baldanders basically uh, start like zerking out. Um, he <laughs> he says something like, I I saw behind. 
the you know the the mask of like acting that Bald Danders was was wearing, you know, a like another face that was just like black emptiness, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, oh shit. Like he's he's actual he's actual pissed. Or 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 possibly he's always pissed and he's just holding it in check. He's doing right. the Hulk he's, thing he's of, of Hulk. actually I'm always angry. Um yeah. and he's I, I just pretending to be sane. Uh, when we talk about this character in the future, I think we should concentrate on making a space bald Anders because bald Anders sounds like the 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 fury of a testicle. <laughs> well, you know, you know. Sometimes you scratch and you get a little bald Anders. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> well, and, and I'm not. I'm by no means calling out uh, Kurt on this one. Like I've done it. We've all done it at some point here. And I, but I'm just really noticing it. I mean. Uh, I yes, I understand it, but also that's how it. I've I've always heard it pronounced. Okay, fair know, enough. Man. Anyway, so um, so th- yes, you're right, Kurt. Uh, he does run away, and then um, th- there's a there's an interesting thing here where he goes off into uh, like, <laughs> hello, it's me, future Severian. I'm going to step in for a second and tell you some stuff, and uh, he says, um, he he's sort of like um in a part of the the gardens that he's is like completely you know like quiet he doesn't hear anybody nearby he he doesn't he's not sure where he is and then uh he steps in future severian says even now i am unsure how far the house absolutes extends there are maps but they're incomplete and contradictory there are no maps of the second house and even father Inire tells me that he was long that he has long ago forgotten many of its mysteries in wandering its narrow corridors, I have, I have seen no white wolves, but I have found stairs leading to domes beneath the river and hatches opening into what appears to be untouched forest. Some of these are marked above ground by ruinous half-overgrown marble steles. Others are not. Um, and so it, it's, it's interesting because uh, he then goes to say um, that these are parts of the second house that are not unlike the blind corridors in which I search for Triskele or Triskel. Perhaps they're the same corridors through with through. If they are, I ran a greater risk than I then knew. And then uh, whether these speculations of mine are rooted in fact or not, I have no, no, I have no notion of them at the time of which I write now. So basically we get this weird digression about the house absolute and the second house specifically existing sort of weirdly scattered across time and space. Uh, so much so that it reminds him of the corridors he ran under the Citadel hmm. when he was following Triskel way, way back hmm. when he, when he shows up at the atrium of time and then suddenly you're like, atrium of time wait a minute <laughs> mm-hmm. i've it's, been shocked the atrium into has silence. nothing to do uh, <laughs> the atrium has nothing to do with the sun the the time part has nothing to do with the sundials i, I mean it could it could it could, <laughs> it uh, could. <laughs> so the past several minutes I, i've been shocked into silence because i only just learned that the name that is spelled a-l-o-y-s-i-u-s is pronounced aloysius I had no hmm. idea. I always thought it was Aloysius, and I knew about I knew about the name Aloysius, uh, but uh, 
And the reason I discover this actually is germane to the conversation, although it is no longer a, a useful point. Um, there's a Primus song called My Name is Mud, and the narrator of the song gives his full name as Aloysius Devadander uh, Abercrombie. Um, and Devadander reminded me of Baldanders, and I was oh, trying to remember of, of why I was pronouncing it that way. And uh, in the course of researching this, uh, I could make an intelligent comment about about Primus and its connection to to, to the book of the New Sun, or mm. a, or also a not so uh, intelligent comment. I I learned that uh, what the name that I thought was Aloysius is actually pronounced Aloysius, uh, and and now. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with this information. It's one of those things where you're like, huh, I wonder if I've made any conspicuous mistakes uh, that people have laughed at me in the past for. Probably not, but you never know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I liked, I really liked Severian's little um, flight of, of fancy of, of, trying to grapple with like the geography of where he was and and he finds himself in like an even more ancient forest than the ones that are outside of Nessus and and um and then he kind of like takes a little nap and he wakes up and there's ants on him and he goes ah ants and and then he keeps you know he keeps exploring um it's it's funny how again how um what's the word that I I I'm looking Ian Miles for Shong? here what's that Ian Miles Shong no, <laughs> no, no, I was no, not. No. Although, you're, although. You're, you're, you're thinking of Arthur Chu. Uh, <laughs> they are both ant boys, I swear they to God. They both have problems with ants, yes. Um, <laughs> what, what I was going to say is uh, Severian is just so unshakable. You know, he, 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 he's escaped from a, a play that became real um, and a fight between uh, a giant with a torch and... Um, alien warriors who who threw their pretend faces aside and and revealed horrible toothy maws and he's just like well now i'm in an ancient jungle well i guess i better keep walking um <laughs> I, I was almost expecting this to be the last chapter of of the book because this is basically how the previous book ended where uh th there was a play that that went some interesting places uh and then all of a sudden it kind of ended abruptly so mm. But it doesn't. There's, there's, there's more chapters on the way. Yes, indeed. There's, in, there is indeed. All right. Um, I do want to point out that there is, uh, again, there's like a right before he wakes up with the ants on him, he has what is it, a dream? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, oh, that's yeah. He does have a dream. He, he he mentions that he often has to hunt down sleep, and this time it pounces on him, which is a nice turn of phrase. Um, and uh, this time I hold I, I held Terminus Est, but she seemed no more than a wand. Instead of the stage, um, we, he and Baldander, stood upon the narrow parapet. To one side flamed the torches of an army. On the other, a sheer drop uh, terminated in a spreading lake that it once was was and was not the Ashar, azure pool of the claw. Baldanders lifted his terrible flambeau, and I had somehow become the childish figure I had seen beneath the sea. The gigantic women, I felt, could not be far away. The mace crashed down. So, um, and that's when he wakes up and goes, Ants, oh no. Better better get walking. <laughs> yeah, it, it's also, uh, yet again... <laughs> Weird, portentous dreams that uh, is like, oh, well, well, that was weird. Ants, oh, no. 
All right. Any last thoughts, folks? We should probably wrap it up. I lost the thread of this uh, particular book, but I'm still enjoying it. I thought for a while <laughs> that I had the thread, and it turned out that uh, it slipped through my fingers. <laughs> Pretty much uh, as soon as Jonas entered the, uh, exited the story, I, I no longer knew what was going on. And once again, I, am a f I, I find myself hoping that Severian will continue walking towards Thrax. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually he'll get there. I, I literally don't, don't know what else he would do. Uh, at this point. Uh, and luckily, it seems like neither does he. <laughs> always, always great to find out along with him. Um, all right. Uh, any last thoughts, Chris, Pete? Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 I, I think that answers your question. All right. Well, excellent. All right. Well, thanks again. Uh, and thanks to you, everyone listening. We'll catch you next time here on Potside.